This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. A free-for-all Friday. You're asking to hear something I don't want to say. But if I do say it, I think you ought to hear it. You got anything on your chest besides your chin, you better get it off. All right, then you asked for it. Yes, we did. So lay it on us. Free-for-all Friday means you set the tone. Here is Libby Snymer. Good afternoon and welcome to this Free For All Friday. And come on, people, I really want to hear from you what you make of yesterday's results and that low voter turnout. Did you vote? I would bet that most of our listeners did get out and vote and did not leave it to chance. So we have this huge progressive conservative majority. And the question to me is, what does that mean? Is it going to be easier or more difficult to hold them to account? In Bob's news, you just heard a clip and they're going to focus on economic things, jobs, highways, the economy. So what does that mean for the healthcare priorities that most people say is most important to them and certainly among the older demographic. What about wait times? You know, we're going to get back to that hallway medicine. Remember, they promised to fix that in the first campaign. What about long-term care? They are building more beds and we need them. But what about reimagining? I mean, uh, we've seen the latest demographic numbers. It's coming at us a like a freight train and the old model just is not going to work. And what about two opposition leaders resigning on the night of? I have to say that that took me somewhat by surprise. And is there anybody out there in the wings, you know, the liberals, all along, everyone and all the polling thought that the liberals were going to make big gains. You know, there was even a point where we thought they would become the official opposition, but big gains, but they did not. They gained one seat. They're eight. They're far short of official party status. So, uh, you know, Who's going to want to be leader and, and who's in a position to do it? They probably have to go outside the caucus, though they have Mitzi Hunter there and she did give it a shot the last time. So, uh, I mean, that has been described as a disaster for the liberals. So what do you think? Uh, are they, you know, are they going to come back and be a factor as a party here? This is really not a good showing. The NDP lost seats. They're at 31. And Andrea Horvath is stepping aside. You know, on that count, I think there are a couple of people who will go for it and uh, who would probably be good candidates. I'm thinking of Marit Stiles in Davenport and Kristen Wongtam, the former city councillor who just won a provincial seat. Uh, so what do you think? The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 866 740 Four seven forty, and first, let's go to Ron and Guelph. Hi, Ron. Hi, Libby. Thanks for taking my call, and I just want to say what a great pleasure it was last Sunday for Scott and I to meet you at the open house. Okay, well, I w- I wanted to mention that it was a pleasure to meet you, and as well as some other listeners who came out to our doors open open house. It was really great to you know put some faces to our callers well, and to have a chance face. to chat. Um, I'm not going to take up an awful lot of time. I don't know whether I'm more sad or angry at the low uh, voter turnout. This is the worst in history. And I said, I don't know whether um, right now my father and mom um, expressed their thoughts on this. How many years ago when my father and mom both fought in World War II. And I conveyed this to anybody who I speak to. If you can't take the trouble to get out and vote, you don't have a right to complain 
uh, the government doesn't meet your expectations. Well, uh, exact, exactly, Ron. Uh, you know, I'm going to let you go soon because there's noise on your line. And uh, one thing to remind people of, you know, we've spent a lot of time talking about what's going on in Ukraine. Well, those people are fighting and dying for democracy. And here we are, you know, taking it for granted. Uh, so, um, yeah, but but the fact of it was that it was kind of a ho-hum stand pat, which again, doesn't make a lot of sense to me, given what we have been through over the last two years. Uh, I would think there would be some kind of recognition that, you know, we need some fresh thinking about things, but people are tired. I get it. They don't want change. And and one thing I have to say about Doug Ford, uh, you know, his first, say, six or eight months did not go well. But he showed that he can learn from his mistakes. He has backed down from things that were wrong. He's gotten rid of people who gave him bad advice. And he takes advice from a lot of the right people. And he plays well with others, gets along well with other governments. I mean, he and Justin Trudeau, they're amigos. Anyway, Ron, thank you very much for your call. And make one more comment quickly. Sure. Um, my son, uh, wonderful son who's politically active, I spoke with him before, he has an answer for some of these issues, and that's the way they vote in Israel, which is, uh, I think they call it proportional voting. I live there. It's horrible. <laughs> it's yeah, terrible. Alone. But he says that you, would, you wouldn't get these issues um, if they, they tried to do this once before and under Dalton McGinty in 2007 with a referendum. And it didn't work, but I think that would solve um, some of the problems anyway. I know that some of the countries that hasn't worked in, but I don't know whether that's the right answer. But as long it, as the conservatives, in my opinion, power, not. I, I'm not that familiar with some of the uh, Ron. I'm letting you go here with some of the hybrid solutions, but the way it works with proportional representation. So the popular vote, you get that number, but there is a list. So some party muckety-muck decides who the top people are. You don't get a candidate for your local area. Uh, and uh, so I think it makes the party politics uh, even more, I don't know, even more um, untoward than they are now, the internal party politics. And you also get unstable governments with these coalitions that keep coming together and falling apart. Look at Italy. So, you know, people who think this is a panacea, it is not. It has its own problems. But anyway, we're not really talking about that right now. Let us go to Rudy in Toronto. Hello, Rudy. Hi, uh, baby. How are you? Fine. How are you? I'm okay. I'm a little disappointed, though. I uh, have nothing against Doug Ford, but I would like to see him be uh, the opposition, uh, because now he, he thinks he's got the support of all the people to, to build that Highway 413, which I th- think would be a terrible thing for Ontario, to, to, because all, all, everybody's, so many people, I mean, are, are saying it's, it's going to destroy our wetlands, our, our, our forests, our farmlands. And now he's going to probably just go ahead with it because he thinks he's got support. Well, you know, it's interesting. On our new municipal panel on Thursday, I was talking uh, to David Crombie, the former mayor of Toronto, former progressive conservative cabinet minister at the federal level. And he's a conservative like Doug Ford, but he is vehemently against that highway. And he says the fight is not over. So I don't know how, because there are long processes to go through before they actually put shovels in the ground. But, you know, also they've passed some laws to get around some of those processes. So uh, I'm sure that David Crombie will keep us apprised on how that fight is going. But people aren't giving it up just yet. But, um, yeah, that's... I'll, I'll keep it up. That is their agenda. And, you know, during the whole election campaign, I have to say that 
I thought that in terms of having a ballot question, that highway was just about the only one. So people either would vote for it or against it. Because all the other stuff, healthcare, which is so important to our older demographic, it was really hard to tell the difference between all the platforms. Rudy, thanks for your call. Thank you. Okay. Where are we going now? Let me give the numbers again. 416-360-0740. Toll-free 1-866-740-4740. I want to hear what you think of the results. Are you happy with the huge progressive conservative majority? And do you think that he will get it done, whatever that means, get what Ever you want done, done. So uh, give me a call and tell me what you think. Let's go to Dave and Lindsay. Hi, Dave. Hello, how you doing? Fine, how are you? Good. Listen, I just want to uh, call and say that he may have got a majority, but the fact is the majority of Ontarians rejected him. Now, he's got the seats, but he did not get the support of Ontarians. To think that, a thir- that he got a third of Ontarians backing him, that he's got this overall thing to go ahead with all this stuff he's got. I'd like him to stand up and say, you know what, I've got to listen here because I'm only representing a third of Ontarians. No, 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 41% he got, 41% of the popular vote. And that's very high in Ontario. Yeah, well, it's very high, but a low turnout. A very, very low turnout. And this is what happens, people. If you don't turn out to vote, then maybe you get a result that you don't like. But uh, I don't think you can say that he does not have a very clear mandate because he absolutely does. Well, you know, I got to, you know, I just got to say to you that in in my view, uh, he, he, he may have a majority in seats but he does not have a majority in people. And I think that that is the facts. Well, that, that absolutely, that all is the, the fact. Parties, but all, all the parties combined got greater numbers than he did. And that's my point to you. Well, yeah, he needs to, he needs to listen to the people that rejected him, not the people, only the people that voted for him, but the people that rejected him well, and say, you know what? Maybe we got to go back to the drawing board and everything that we proposed, maybe he needs a second look. Well, you know what? Uh, he has said that he is listening to everybody. But, you know, when it comes to some of those things like that highway, it's hard to imagine that he will take another look at it. Uh, and that's just my read of what's happening. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, that is the situation always in Ontario even uh, in the high 30s, puts you well into majority territory. But yeah, uh, the number of people voting for opposition was greater than the number uh, in raw numbers uh, from the government. So, uh, Dave, thanks for your call. Okay, one more before a break. Wanda in Kitchener. Hi, Wanda. Yes, hello, Libby. Good afternoon, dear. I am, I as an Ontario, I'm disappointed in other Ontarians that did not vote. Where's their conscience and their country spirit and, and their need to, to improve the healthcare system? They, in their hearts, they know what we need. We do definitely need healthcare improvements. We need hospitals. I'm in the kitchen area. We have two hospitals that do have no room for expansion, et cetera. No place to take your children. You gotta go to London. I mean, Hamilton. Um, and this is before COVID. I mean, do not the governments pay attention to what's going on in the cities, how they're growing and their needs are growing? I'm disappointed in all those Ontarians that did not go out and, and have a voice, even if they didn't want to leave their apartment. There was ways to, to say what they want and what they desire and who they desire. You could vote from home. People could come to your home. I mean... Do they not have a conscience, these people that did not bother or do not care about where they live? Well, um, clearly... You know what I mean, Libby? I mean, you, if you care, you, you do something. Absolutely. It was, you know, it was predicted to be a low voter turnout because, again, 
people were tired. They didn't want change. And also because there wasn't anything really except for that highway that bubbled up as a really strong issue. And there were a lot of things where you couldn't really tell the difference between what the three major parties were offering. And that, I think, made it confusing. But Wanda, you know what? Uh, maybe this will be a lesson to people who didn't turn out that Maybe the time is right. They have to turn out. Wanda, thank you for your call. Thank you, Libby. And I hope people stand. It's for the vets. They fought for our freedom, like you said. What's going on in, on in that, that country is terrible. And we have it, and we don't even use it. We abuse it. Okay, thank you. Okay, we have to take a break. Uh, I just want to say, people, be patient. We will get to your calls, uh, you know, uh, and especially if you did not have your say at the ballot box, then uh, you can still have your say here, or if you did. And uh, I am anxious to hear about what you think of the result and whether that is a good result or whether uh, it will just make it harder to hold this government accountable. The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. We're going to take a break, and we will be right back with more of your calls. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight back with Libby Snymer. When one considers the meaning of life, it is a struggle between alternative viewpoints of life itself. A free-for-all Friday. And without the ability to defend one's own viewpoint against other, perhaps more aggressive ideologies, then reasonableness and moderation could quite simply disappear. Name your topic and be as deep as you like, as long as there's a point in there somewhere. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back to this free-for-all Friday. It's the afternoon after the night before. And what did we get? We got a historic majority for the progressive conservatives after a historically low turnout in the election. And is there a little bit of morning after regret? about that. We have heard from some people who feel that way, but others are happy with the result. Uh, It is certainly a government that they know, and Doug Ford has certainly shown himself willing to broaden the tent and also, in some cases, not all, to learn from his mistakes. He also gets along well with other levels of government, and that brings cash into the province. So I really want to hear what our listeners think. So let us go right to the phones. John in Peterborough, you're up. Hello. Hi, how are you? Fine. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. First of all, I'd like to say that I listened to, I watched a program yesterday morning and they were asking some young people, are you going to vote? They said, no. One guy said, listen, I have two jobs. I'm trying to make ends meet. I won't have time. And then another fellow said, which I've heard many times, is why my vote won't count. Now, I'm not going to get into this with you right now, but I would love you to have a program one day about PR systems and not from the Israeli point of view, okay? More countries in the world use PR system than they use than first past the post. And this is never taught properly here. Anyway, here's the bottom line. This is not a majority. The numbers say it's not a majority. 46% of the vote does not a majority make. 41, they got 41. 41%. There you go, less. And here they have all these seats. Now, you tell me this. I'm going to ask you fair, because you're a fair person, Libby's. I know this. Okay. Here's my question to you. If there were five of them running in one constituency, okay, and we'll just say a conservative one, and a liberal was second, what was the point in the other three going out to vote? Because the vote never counted. Never counted. That's a fact. Mm. This has to change. Uh, this, I don't care who wins. It really doesn't, it, it doesn't bother me too much. I don't care who you support. But I want the voice of the majority of the people heard, not a system. And the British system, if you study it, was that's where we get it from. And the, the people that use it are all ex-British colonies. That's who uses it, right? Now, what happens was it was there to divide and conquer. You hear my accent. Nobody knows them better than we do. <laughs> Nobody in the world knows the British better than the Irish. 
And that is why in Ireland, when Ireland became a free country... Peterborough, lots of Irish in Peterborough. They have to have a different system. Because you know when you talk about poor governments in... I'm just telling you, in Italy, you talk about Israel, you talk... Let's say if you had in Ireland. You know what your answer would be, Libby? If you didn't have that system, PR system, civil war. Because... Canadians uh, have never seen war. Okay, I, seen I, war. I, you're, you're all worked up, John. Uh, <laughs> I, I think we hear you and we know where you're coming from. Uh, I'm just, uh, the, the one thing about those systems that I really don't like is that it is some party poobah who decides who is going to represent you, not the person voting. And I can tell you, I'm not partisan. Over my voting life, I have voted for every major party. And sometimes the deciding factor is who is standing in my riding Will this person, I think, do a better job resent, uh, representing our interests than, than person B, regardless of their party? And uh, I just don't like the idea of the party executive, and although, yeah, they, they kind of decide who's nominated, uh, deciding who gets that slot. But anyway, that is my take. And, uh, you know, judging by two of our callers here, this is a subject that we've got to take up again, changing the system. Okay, let's go to Marissa in Toronto. Hi, Marissa. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? Not happy. I am, it's incomprehensible how 54% of the population did not vote. What a beautiful country I came to. We got off the boat in the early 50s. From where? From Italy. It's incomprehensible that that such a low turnout. I just want to say I'm here at my mother's nursing home. I've been here since 8 o'clock this morning. I've assisted her in her breakfast, in her lunch now. I gave her her bubble bath. I assisted the PSW worker. Nothing has changed. Those 18,000 new beds that Mr. Ford has has promised, they're all for profit. And who would introduce a new math curriculum during COVID and watch out for private health care? I am so disgusted at those 54% that did not vote. It's incomprehensible that they did not get out and vote because you know what? They're tired. Give me a break. We're all tired. We've all been through COVID. Some better, some worse, but you still do your duty. That's all I have to say. Okay, Marissa, thank you for that. Yeah. You know, I don't think we're going to find many callers uh, in our demo, in our demographic, who said they didn't get out to vote. You know, when I say that people are tired, I mean it more in kind of an emotional sense, not that they're too physically tired to get to the polls, because, boy, we had so many opportunities. I mean, to address the young person one of us was talking about who said that he's too busy to vote We had, what, 10 days of advanced voting. There were returning offices that were open even longer than that. Uh, You know, you didn't have to go on voting days when the polls were open for 12 hours. And I know there were some technical glitches, but really we had more opportunity than ever. You also could ask for a mail-in ballot. There were more of those than ever before. So not having time, people. That is not an excuse. Okay. Who is next here? Joe in King Township. Hi, Joe. Hey, Libby. How you doing? Fine. How are you? Good, good. So I have to uh, echo Marissa's comments and, you know, the disappointment in the people that did not vote. I just wanted to tell a little story. My daughter is a in her third year of nursing at a major hospital in downtown Toronto. She worked her full day shift yesterday, trudged over to the voting office, voted and balled her eyes out last night that the PCs got the majority. Um, this Bill 124 is just, you know, hanging over all these uh, healthcare workers' heads where they're not going to be getting an increase uh, in their salaries. And it's just, it's it, it, it's criminal, really. Well, you know, you know we, what? We are I... losing nurses left, right, and center, and and now he's put, you know, the clamps on them. It's uh, Joe, are you still there? 
Um, he did say one thing, and and sometimes he stands by his words because the contract, uh, that's that's the bill that that limits increases to one percent. There was a retention bonus for nurses of several thousand dollars. That contract is up in August, so okay. let's hope. And he said they will renegotiate. So let's hope that they give nurses a fair deal. I think everybody knows that we have a shortage, that when we talk about hallway medicine and wait lists and all of that, a big part of that is a lack of nurses. So, uh, you know, again, uh, the, the we gave him a huge majority, so they can do what they want, basically, but let us hope that they are uh, mindful of that. And I also talked to CARP and, you know, they're going to try to hold these people, their feet to the fire on healthcare. But I understand and that nurses are upset, that nurses are burnt out, that nurses have been working so hard and it's so tough. And we appreciate that work. So tell your daughter, we're proud of her. Thank you. I will. Okay, Joe, thanks a lot. Okay, let's go to Julius in Scarborough. Hello. Hi, Julius. Good afternoon, Mrs. Nimer. I haven't called in for a long time, you but here's my, here's my story today, my comment. I'm very happy Ford got in, and I also predicted Del Luca uh, and uh, Del Duca and uh, Miss uh, Andrea were going to retire. So, uh, but here's the thing about all this, all the people that didn't vote. You know, a lot of people don't follow politics. And when you ask a little bit casually around, are you going to vote? No, no, I never bother. You know, they don't follow politics. They don't follow the news. Their life goes on and they just uh, don't bother. So I'm not that upset about a low turnout. Well, it's a historically low turnout. And, you know, they don't follow politics and they don't bother until they run into something that that has a big in, impact well, on them is, and not in a good way. Well, that's why Canada, uh, who's never had to really suffer hunger and wars on their land, etc., uh, we've had it pretty soft over the decades. Now, the other thing was I was going to mention is, uh, what was I going to mention? See, I'm getting old. Um, the, uh, the, uh, the business, you know, business is the key to a successful economy. And you've got to have business and jobs, and that's what's the best thing for a country or a province. So I'm not surprised Mr. Ford got in this way, because the key is economy. And we're always hearing about health care. Well, not everybody's really old, and not everybody's sick, but everybody needs a job and income. Well, uh, you know, the, the demographics show that, uh, more and more and more people are getting older and older and older. And I'm one of them. Uh, exactly. Julius, thanks for your call. Thank you. Okay. Off. Thank you. Bye. Bye bye. Let's go to Fred in Sundridge. Hello. Hey, Fred. How are you doing, Libby? Fine. How are you? Oh, my, well, I'm not going to say what it usually is. I'll just say I'm good so far. Go ahead. Uh, the, the reason I called in, I've been in the construction business. I'm a truck driver. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been in the business for approximately 15 years. Mm-hmm. I've done uh, done most of the major contracts. I've been on the 407. I've been on 410 in Brampton. Now I'm working up north in uh, North Bay uh, Highway 11 uh, scenario. And uh, what I'm seeing continually, and what I'm hearing from just about everybody that I'm involved in is they are simply sick and tired of the lies, of the rhetoric, of the incompetence that we deal with on a daily basis from every form of government in this province. It would really amaze you, Libby, if you checked into some of these contracts, just how ridiculous that they are. The money that is wasted, the man hours, the machine time that is just simply wasted. It's phenomenal. Uh, you know what? It would not surprise me. And we've, we've reported on a lot of this. Unfortunately, it would not surprise me. It, it used to surprise me, but it doesn't anymore. I'm kind of getting hardened to it. So people have basically given up the idea of any kind of improvement, of any of seeing any kind of 
beneficial uh, behavior from any form of government. So they've simply given up on the right to vote. I've seen that and seen that. I don't know how many times, maybe hundreds probably. People simply have not, the, they fight, they can't be bothered fighting what they consider to be a lost cause. Well, but but you're benefiting from, you know, the agenda of this government with construction, highways, all of that. Are you not? In some senses, yes. But my problem is I have a hard time dealing with the incompetence. It bothers me. I was taught to do things right, do them right the first time. If you're not going to do them right, don't do them at all. Leave them to somebody that will. I've had to deal with incompetence that just, I literally just sat there and shook my head because I had no choice. Hmm. That's my problem in this business. And and did you vote? Daily basis. Did you vote? Yes, I did. Okay, well, good for you. I'm glad to hear that. I will never give up my right to vote. I was born a fighter. I will die a fighter. I don't know any better. Okay, Fred, thank you very much for that. Thanks, Levy. Okay, lots of different perspectives on things. Let us go to Lou in Toronto. Hi, Lou. Hello, Libby. I made a prediction on Fight Back last week, and, you know, I think I got it. Doug got in. Del Duca out. Never did win his Vaughn Woodbridge riding. And I also said that Andrea Horbath was moving on. So I... Three out of three is pretty good, would you not say, Libby? I would say, I would say it was, <laughs> it was actually but, better than I did because I thought that both of them would be hanging around at least for a little while. But with yeah. Del Duca, everyone expected them to have a better seat count that they would make big gains, even if they weren't the official opposition. So uh, I have to say, once I saw eight, it's like that is that's disaster. And speaking about Del Duca, he really, really, really destroyed that party. In fact, I don't think it's the Liberal Party that lost last night. I I really think it's Del Duca. He was put in a terrible, terrible position. I could only imagine what was going on in the background, but he should have done a lot better than that. And I hope when they pick their next leader that they pick someone in the government and not somebody outside, because that was a huge Huge mistake. Well, but I'll, I'll, I'll uh, leave you with one thing, Libby. Uh-huh. Um, I think um, I think it's fair to say that um, if we want to increase our voters uh, coming out to the polls, um, one way to do it is uh, for the government to say, well, listen, you want to save on your license plate renewal? Show us your vote and you don't have to pay the plate stickers. I'm sure you'll have a lot more voters lining up. (laughs) Mm, I don't know how that would work. Lou, thanks for your call. Yeah. Um, Predictions. We like making predictions in my household, and I have to say I did not do that well this time around. So, uh, you know, I'm glad I didn't put money on it. Let's see where we are we are with Dan in Brampton. Hi, Dan. Hi, Libby. How are you today? Fine. How are you? Go ahead. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, so I, I voted last night in Brampton. Uh, it was at a public school. The, I was just so amazed by how many people did not show. Because I walked into the school, walked out again, and I don't even think I spent two minutes in the school. There was one other person in the auditorium voting. Hmm. And I've never, I've never seen it that low before. Usually there's some kind of line you wait, but I just breeze my way through and everybody looked bored to tears in there. Well, you know what? But there was big news out of Brampton. All five Brampton ridings went progressive conservative. That means they yeah. took two from the NDP and uh, two pretty high profile people by the name of Singh. We had Sarah Singh, who uh, yeah. was the deputy leader of the NDP, and Guritan Singh, who was Jugmeet Singh, the federal leader's brother. Yeah, oh, I know. But, but Michael Ford got in, the nephew of the premier, he got in. <laughs> yeah. 
So um, there was big news in Brampton. So obviously some people voted. Maybe you just uh, happened to hit a, 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 a soft time, which is not yeah. bad. I'd be happy if I beat the lineup. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Dan. Okay, bye-bye. Okay. We're taking another break, but we are getting to your calls. So be patient, people. And let me give the numbers out again before we go to break, because I want to hear what you think of what happened last night. 416-360-0740. Toll-free 1-866-740-4740. We'll be back with your calls and your comments. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer, a free-for-all Friday. Step up, say your piece, and we promise not to interrupt. Just be lively about it. We have a lot of listeners hanging on your every word. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back to this free-for-all Friday as we digest what happened last night. We have a much enlarged progressive conservative majority at Queen's Park here in Ontario with 83 seats. And it happened following the lowest turnout in history, 43%. And you know, to a certain extent, that was expected. And what does that mean? You know, the whole campaign, uh, there were some great slogans from the PCs getting it done, but you know, you can, it can mean whatever you want to mean. So what will it mean? What will they be getting done and what will they not be getting done? And how is it going to affect us? Well, I am going to hear from our callers about what they think. Let's go to Doreen in Kingston. Hi, Doreen. Hi, Lizzie. Um, I've got my speaker on. Is that okay? Uh, it's fine for now. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I just want to say that I voted for Ford uh, twice, and I'm glad he got in this time because uh, neither Justin Trudeau nor um, I didn't want the Liberals or the NDP because of Andrea Horvath. But I want to say that um, if Ford does not come through and pay the doctors and nurses, the golden angels of this earth, what they're worth, you can't overpay them. I will never vote for him again. I hope he's listening. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. I want to see those nurses and that be, be getting and. An, and like I said, they cannot be overpaid, especially the ones that stuck it through that horrible two years of COVID when other people couldn't deal with it. So what was your thinking in voting for him if 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 that's your main issue? Because the NDP leader, mm-hmm. all, all she did was bitch and complain and criticize. She gave no good ideas. And uh, I think the... Um, uh, the liberals uh, have had their uh, time to prove it, and what uh, what they're doing with our tax dollars is criminal. Well, the liberals aren't doing anything with our tax dollars. Uh, it's the conservatives now, and it, yeah. it's interesting, you know, with the terrible liberal showing uh, throughout the campaign. I I kept saying, you know, the PCs. They're not fighting really Stephen Del Duca. They're fighting Kathleen Wynne in the last election, and it looks like that was very effective. Doreen, thank you very much for your call. Okay. Uh, and I think that uh, is kind of a hallmark. One of the things that happened was that people who may have voted liberal in the past voted conservative. We have Doreen here, and her concerns are something that the opposition leaders said they'd deal with, but she voted for Ford and she's hoping that he deals with it too. So we shall see. Uh, Now I have an interesting caller who has a different take on the low turnout. Let's go to Deborah in Toronto. Hi, Deborah. Hi, Lily. Good afternoon. I'm very grateful to have this opportunity. Just a sec. You're a first time caller. Yes, I am. Thank you. There you go. Um, Here's the bell. Go ahead. Thank you. Zoomer Radio has been my lifeline. Oh, thank uh, my you. survival partner and I live off the grid in the woods. We're homeless. And um, 
this part of your show I enjoy listening to. I follow the politics. I'd like to respond to the people that don't think that some of the percentage of Canadians don't wish to vote. Yes, we do. I certainly would have loved to have. Unfortunately, I'm homeless, and there's no way um, that there's that opportunity to do so. Well, don't, don't you and have I survived ID? the storm. I was in it. The big luminous tree branches broke and ready to fall down and injurious, but I survived that storm, and I've lived in minus 45 below zero with sleeping bags, so I'm doing okay. Just food and water, and, you know, is all I really need. I'm grateful to your show. It keeps me alive and happy. Deborah, I'm, I'm sorry to hear about your situation, but uh, I'm, I'm sure, do you have ID? I mean, that you could vote if you wanted to vote? I don't know. They're just, I don't have an address, and that's part of the issue, really. Okay. Uh, well, thank you for your perspective, and, and thank you for listening, and all the best to you, and uh, I hope your situation improves. Oh, thank you. I'm sure it will at some point. Thanks, Deborah. Well, there is another interesting perspective. We want to hear from all of you. The number is 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. And Rose in Mississauga. Hello, Rose. Hi, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? Good, thank you. So, um, we, because we didn't want to go to, uh, physically to, uh, to vote, we voted, um, by mail. So that was an option. My daughter and son-in-law, who also work on healthcare, uh, they also, uh, voted, uh, by mail. And that worked out fine, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not a problem whatsoever. I think, uh, you know, if you, uh, if you want to make a difference, um, you know, uh, you, you have to go to vote, otherwise your voice is not going to be heard. Mm-hmm. So will you be doing that again, or it's just... Until the pandemic, yeah. Yeah. Okay, and were you happy with the result last night? Not at all. Not at all. Um, you know, there, there, there is not too much for seniors, um, uh, for, and also for health care, uh, I think uh, that is, uh, he needs to, uh, he needs to, uh, to do something else. Um, yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's a thing. Okay. Rose, thank you very much for your call. Thank you. There you go. Uh, you know, so for all of those people who are saying they don't have time to vote, you could have voted by mail, you could have voted in the advanced polls, you could have voted in a returning office, you could have voted on election day. So I do not accept that as an excuse. Let us go to Linda in Toronto. Hello, Linda. Oh, hi there. Um, thank you for the opportunity. Um, I just wanted to share that um, this time in my riding, the advanced locations were not quite accessible in the sense they weren't within walking distance. They were places I had never heard of before. I would have had to take the bus. I would have had to Google the locations. And also on the day of, uh, the voting station was, was also quite far. It wasn't where, what we're used to in the past where you knew exactly where you would be voting, actually, even before your voter card actually uh, arrived. I chose to vote by mail because um, that was kind of the only option I had. But I also would think that for some people, it may not have been possible for whatever reason, technology, know-how, and maybe people didn't even get their voter card. Can I ask yes. what um, what riding you're in? I'm in Toronto, St. Paul's. Oh, so so am I. Um, you know what? I, I was looking at, at voting in the advanced polls and I also, the, it wasn't that convenient. There was one place I drive by a lot, but I, you know, not when it was, uh, on, but, but, uh, I found, you know, there, the, the actual voting day place very convenient and a place where it had been many, many times in the past. Yeah. With us, um, that was, uh, a much longer distance than what it where where it was in the past. It would just be like a five minute walk. This would be like about a twenty minute walk. So for some people that might be um, not possible for whatever reason. Um, so I'm just saying that 
it, it wasn't like in the past where I knew exactly where I would go and it would be very simple to get there. Um, I know there's different options of voting, but not everybody might be aware of that. And depending on when you got your voter registration card, you may not have been aware of the change, because um, that's what I found to be unusual. When I looked at those locations for the advanced polling, which is usually what I do, I had no idea like visually where those would be, where they were. I was just uh, a little bit surprised, and I'm just disappointed in the results, um, and in Ontarians, my, my fellow um, citizens, in the sense that I, I truly don't believe that spending $10 billion on a highway that will service a really small amount of people for possibly saving them possibly 30 minutes of their time to possibly spend with their family is the best option when there's so much need in the province. I think It, it probably won't be 30 minutes. Linda, thanks for your call. Uh, again, I mean, I, I would agree with her with the advanced locations, but I, I don't know what she was uh, referring to for the other locations. There were ridings like Spadina, North York, that had way fewer polling stations than before. That was apparently something to do with the pandemic, and it was a problem, and there were big lineups, and there were some that had technical difficulties, which is why voting hours were extended. Okay. Um, Rachel in Brampton. Hi, Rachel. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? Good, good. Thank you for taking my call. Well, again, this was about the election. Um, here in Brampton, the Liberals, I, they ne- I never seen them, like, at all, the whole time. You know, it's like I'm a Liberal voter, and I never seen their, like, canvassing. But the guy, the, um, the guy who won the Brampton North, uh, the conservative, he's been here like uh, even in our house four times mm-hmm. around the neighborhood. He's canvassing, talking to people on the neighborhood. I mean, I didn't vote for him, but I'm just, I understand why he won. You know, hard work so, pays off. Pardon? Hard work pays off. Right, and he's very likable. I mean, I even talked to him, and <laughs> uh, he's like a first time he runs, and uh, it's just uh, the liberals like they came at last minute. Uh, of the day or the, the day before the election. And I'm a liberal voter, and I'm just very disappointed. And I said, I don't know the, the guy uh, I'm, who I'm voting for. I don't, you know, okay, I should have do my reasons, but at least they, they should have been, you know, canvassing. But I did vote for the NDP. Of course, they lost. <laughs> well, they, they lost, but they have a presence there. Uh, the Conservatives took two NDP ridings. Well, right. Rich, that's an that's an interesting thought. One of the problems with the Liberals was they they didn't field a full slate of candidates. No, I mean I tell you, like I haven't seen them at all. Like I mean, I saw the 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 like even me and my husband were saying, "Wow, I'm impressed with this guy. Like he's just canvassing all the time, way before, like way before anybody." Okay, so, well there you go. His hard work paid off. Rachel in Brampton, thanks for your call. Let's go to Murray in Malton. Hello, Murray. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? Not bad at all. Listen, I got what I wanted. Uh, both sides. I got PC's uh, leader and Andrea Orvath's, uh opposition. I'm just disappointed she stepped down. I, I really think she does a good job at the opposition. I hope whoever takes his shoes uh, does as good a job. And for those people, I know a single mom. She works two jobs, overtime, whenever she can. Like, her ex is really good at taking the kids, so she's out making money all the time. And she says it's not the problem of going out to vote. The problem is digesting everything to make a, a, an educated uh, uh, vote. I, I I get that, too. And, you know, Andrea Horvath, she took the party. She made big gains for that party. Uh, when she started, I think they had 10 seats, maybe, and they went all the way up to 40 in the 2018 election. And she lost seats this time. But she did a lot of good for them, I think. But sometimes, you know, time is up. She's fought four elections. Um, probably it's time, and she understands that it's time. But but I think uh, give her credit where credit is due. Yes, I, I think so. And another thing, I'd like to talk about the 413. Um, if you take a drive up to 400, 427, any major uh, highway, it's all built on farmland. If you take a look around, once you get out of the city limits, all you see is fields. 
right? And as a fact, I know a guy whose father dated a farmer's daughter and worked at that farm and ended up marrying her. And that was York Mills and Bayview. So we're, the, the land is being eaten up no matter what you do. If you don't put a highway in, people are going to be stagnant unless we go to the Jetson form of transportation. Okay, Marie, thanks for that. I'm going to try to get in uh, at least one more before we go. We've got John in Mississauga. Hi, John. Hi, Libby. Thanks for taking my call. I know a couple of minutes. Well, I don't understand the people of Ontario, you know, when, when like a previous uh, caller said, you know, look at the nurses, you know, look at the highway, 10 billion. He could use the 10 billion for other things. The license he gave us, I don't know, the sticker back. He could have used that billion to some other issue, you know, other problem. Especially he said that he did a lot for the autistic kids. I would like to face him and tell him where did he put the autistic kids, right? I don't know how people, you know, supporting for 80 seats. I tell you, I've, I never failed to vote. In my country, Libby, 98% of the people vote. 98. All right? What's, what country is that? Well, I'm going to say Malta. Malta, okay. Right? Not, no, sometimes even more. Right. But anyhow, it's, it's it's the apathy of the people. That's why I complain, because I say to my wife, look, you have to come with me to vote. I don't care whether you like it or not. You're coming with me. Right. Uh-huh. But like I said, um, I never voted for Ford. I'll tell you that much. And I never voted conservative in my life. You know, because like like you said, what he, what he did for the old for the old people, you know, did he say anything? Okay, so we're building houses. We're building houses for what? My granddaughter is going to afford a house? I doubt it. Okay, uh, John in Mississauga, thanks for your call. I'm looking at my clock, and uh, the clock is running out. We hear you. Thank you very much for your call. And that is all the time we have for Fight Back for today and for this week. This is going to continue to be a big topic. I'm taking a day off on Monday. Jane will be here. I'll be back on Tuesday with our Recovering Politician panel. In the meantime, everyone, have a great weekend, and uh, we'll still be talking about this next week, I am sure. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.